going to be kind of continuing our walk through Galatians. So uh, we're going to be in Galatians 2 this morning. I do not uh, have a PowerPoint this morning, but we'll be in Galatians 2. So if you have your Bibles, uh, please open up uh, to Galatians 2. It, it doesn't take... Uh, you don't have to look very far to see... Disunity. You don't have to look very far to see someone that may oppose you on a certain level. You don't have to go very far to, to find uh, things to argue about. And when we come to this passage today, we're, we're looking at this book that was written to help correct some problems. And we talked in an earlier passage about the gospel the, the one true gospel Paul is talking about here, that there is no other gospel but the one that, that Paul was preaching and he had gone and preached, that he had heard preach, that he had received from the Lord Jesus Christ. There is one gospel, that Jesus came to save sinners. And when we look at our, our culture, like I said, you don't have to go very far to find people who, uh, who will argue with you who will try to alienate you. In fact, there are, there's this whole platform in social media that many in social media, you comment on something a political person says, and you'll find that there will be many folks who are dogging your steps, whichever side of the aisle that is. We've kind of, this kind of started to be a cultural thing. And actually, they have these, they have these things called bots. Anybody familiar with what a bot is? They can be fun, but many times they're used for political, and you know, for social media, uh, kind of exploitation there. And these bots, if you, if you comment, they, they kind of look for this string of words, this string of this phrase. And they'll, they'll continue to update themselves and look for these strings of phrases. And then they will act like they're a real person. And they will say something against that phrase. And it's kind of cool when you, when you kind of see bots. And because when you start to recognize what they're saying, you know, they won't have a real conversation with you like a person. They'll just say something to throw you off of your point. They'll just say something to bring you down from your point. Like, this is a whole thing people, people have that's out there. People try to use it for consumerism and all kinds of other things. These bots are real. Uh, there's a forum that I go on to every now and then. And there is a certain bot that if you say this one, this name of this character, this bot will come out of nowhere and give you a quote of what the character says. And it's kind of funny because it, it is a little bit like it's a person. But it's not a person. It's a bot. But people use bots to, to make disunity. There's also an inter, a, 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 a term that has come uh, in the last 10 years, the term troll. The term troll doesn't mean the same thing as when I was younger. When I was younger, the troll, you think of a troll, it was somewhat, it was that little thing that was hiding under the bridge ready to ask a question to the people crossing over there. That's what I thought, of, that's what a troll was to me. And then they had the treasure trolls, I think it was, or whatever with the hair out there and all that stuff. Anyway, they had these trolls, but in, in, um, in social media 
and in today's society and on comment boards, there are what's called trolls. There are people who troll people. And if I didn't have a filter sometimes, it, it, it's kind of funny when you see someone getting trolled because it's, you know, they'll, they'll be, um, but this is, this is what we have these days. And these things are disunifying. When we get to this passage, we get to something that is disunifying. Paul is having to contend with people who are, in his day and age, trolling him. Where Paul would go to stop and he would spend some time with people and he would share the gospel. When he would leave, there would be people who rise up that try to undermine the things that he says. They're distinctly trying to do harm to Paul. So much so that if you read these, if you read a lot of Paul's letters, he's trying to defend his, his character. But I want to kind of take you to the essence of where the, where the problem might lie. I wanted to read two passages to you. And I wanted to, I wanted to kind of just show you what he's dealing with here. In that there is a little merit to what these folks are saying. But the end game is what's the problem. And then we'll kind of get into our text. Ephesians 1, I mean Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, I think succinctly says... Uh, Paul's argument here. He says, For you are saved by grace through faith, and it is not from yourself, it is God's gift, not from work so that no one can boast. You get that? Saved by grace. Saved through faith by grace. It's not from your works. I'm going to flip on over to another passage real quick. This is, that's kind of what Paul argues here. Let me read you this other passage here. James 2.24 says this. You see that a person is justified by works and not faith alone. You see that? Saying two, If you look at it and you take them out of their context, they're saying two absolutely different things. How does this work? And what does this have to do with anything that we're talking about today? We see these two, these two things. And, and in essence, this, that was a little bit of the argument. That was kind of the merit of the, of the argument there. That was kind of the merit of their argument. Hold on one second. Let me get back to my passage. See, you've got faith alone and faith by works. And when you look at it in that light, you see, oh, yeah, maybe there is a problem here. Maybe there is something that the Bible might be inconsistent about, which it's not. We've taken them out of context right there. But these people who are the Judaizers were taking that second statement. Now, James was a book that was written like one of the very first books written. So I think we get a good glimpse into what Paul, the good part of what Paul might have been dealing with, but how people took that out of context. These people who were called Judaizers were coming and they were saying, you are saved, yes, God saves you, God works in your life, you are his child, but now you have to keep all this old covenant stuff. You've got to be circumcised. You've got to keep the holy days. You've got to do all these things. And what the danger here that's happening is Christianity was, uh, Christianity was spreading and these Gentiles were being saved and God was doing an amazing work and these Judaizers were coming in and trying to bring them back into their Jewish culture. Back into the culture, the culture that they were in bondage to. 
the culture that they were not freed from in Christ. But Christ came to free us and to give us his gospel. Paul is being undermined, his ministry, his character. And this is leading us up to this big conflict. So the next time I preach, just like we have these two opposing passages, the next time I preach, we'll give you the conflict between Peter and Paul. And when you look at the Gospels and you see this person of Peter and you look at the first part of the book of Acts, you see this person of Peter and he's like the good guy. He's the guy that we can relate to. But Paul has a problem with him. And it's going to talk about that and, and eventually it all gets taken out. It all gets, uh, it all gets well. So, uh, but in this passage we're just going to talk about um, the gospel effect. Here we are. Um, Galatians 2, 1 says this. Then after 14 years, I went again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking Titus along also. I went up according to the revelation and presented to them the gospel I preach among the Gentiles, but, but privately to those recognized as leaders. I wanted to be sure I was not running, I was not running and had not been running in vain. But it is not even Titus who was with me, was compelled to be circumcised, even though he was a Greek. This matter arose because some false brothers had infiltrated our ranks and spy on our freedom we have in, in Christ Jesus in order to enslave us. But, but we did not give up, submit to these people for even a moment, so that the truth of the gospel would be preserved for you. Now from those recognized as important, uh, what they uh, what they once were makes no difference to me. God does not show favoritism. They added nothing to me. On the contrary, they saw that I had been entrusted with the gospel for the uncircumcised, just as Peter was for the circumcised. Since the one since the one at work in Peter for the for an apostleship was to the circumcised was also at work in me for the Gentiles. When James, Cephas, and John, those recognized as pillars, acknowledged uh, the grace that had been given to me, they gave the right hand of fellowship to me. But Barnabas, agreeing that we should go to the Gentiles and that they be circumcised, they asked only that we would remember the poor, which we made every effort to do. Let's pray. 